So the big question is this, how do investors like us who don't have a PhD in finance earn millions to start investing? How do we grow our bank accounts to build real savings and retirements and yet still have the time to do what we really love? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. Hey guys, Tom and I podcast. We're excited to talk to you about something that uh, hopefully will never happen, but has been proposed in modern media and because of that, I am super, super excited to talk to you about it. Today, we're going to talk uh, about, well, uh, a Wall Street tax, a wealth tax, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, But essentially, it's this idea that the government needs more money, and so to generate that, they should, uh, hey, they should put like a small tax, kind of like the SEC, right? So right now, the SEC charges SEC. They charge a, a marginal fraction of a penny or a nickel or a dime. I think it's a very, very small amount of money. Um, every single trade is executed in uh, American uh, financial markets. Like I talk about in the book, the SEC, they charge a very small fee uh, to, to, for that trade to occur. And that fee goes to, obviously, funding the SEC. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter uh, what exchange you're out through. you got to pay that SEC fee, um, and then of course your broker is going to handle most of that for you, which is pretty freaking cool. Um, I think that like you can have a central government have total control over the financial market to the extent that if a whip of a, you know, a bill, they can like fundamentally change the way hundreds of thousands of millions of transactions occur every hour, billions, billions, and billions of transactions. Um, I mean, it's just crazy, and it's so, so, so cool that, like, that can actually happen. You have the central power that has control over these financial markets that are the backbone for, you know, millions and millions of millions of people, uh, their savings, their retirement, all dictated uh, by the burden, by the burden of this one central power. Um, and I think that's a pretty, pretty crazy, crazy concept. Um, so, with that said, with this proposed uh, new tax, on, uh, on Wall Street, and, and, and Wall Street, I think, is a freaking insane way to put it, because you got to understand, on your left, on your left, on your left, hey, thank you, really appreciate it, have an awesome day, um, you know, these, uh, these financial markets are the basis for so, so, so many people's lives, um, and anyone that's investing in assets, anyone that's creating real long-term wealth, through asset accumulation with um, compounding paper assets and the most powerful financial uh, powerhouse, economic powerhouse, you know, in the world, it's all based on, you know, stocks, bonds, cryptocurrency, stuff like that, and uh, other derivatives of those securities, um, which, you know, we talk about in the book, like ETFs, mutual funds, all that boring stuff, which is super, super cool uh, for so, so many, so, so many people. Um, That stuff changes lives. It's insane. It's so cool. Um, So... When they propose this tax that they should add, you know, an additional maybe like a, a penny on every single trade, like what you're essentially doing is you're taxing, like the, the average investor, you're taxing the normal guy. Um, because I'll tell you what, you've got multi, multi billionaires uh, trading every single day. And that's essentially what these guys, they're targeting really, really rich people. Um, because, you know, they're going to tax the rich thing and, uh, and they should pay more, which totally makes sense. Uh, you know, it makes sense, right? When you're looking at, you know, the metrics for how much revenue 
this new wow generates new, whatever you want to call it, it, it it's very minimal uh, compared to the amount of money that the government, you know, would like to generate, um, and at least what these politicians want to generate in terms of new, um, new programs, uh, new guarantees, new, new federal grants, uh, increased spending. Um, this was actually covered very, very well. Another podcast by Onyx Singal. He's a really cool entrepreneur. He runs this awesome podcast. Uh, oh, it's just, it's so, so, so cool. Um, it's, it's, uh, the fighting entrepreneur podcast. Awesome, awesome stuff. And he's talking, um, about this topic and, and, and he just kind of like glanced over kind of quickly like hey you know these guys were thinking about adding uh, wealth tax but like dude that could change the lives of so many people because now you have every single normal person just trying to put away that cash trying to create those investments and with a lot of modern brokers you have very very minimal commission structures um, because essentially if you look at broker rebates a lot of times these brokers are actually getting paid um, to, to fulfill your trades rather than you paying like five bucks a trade. It's, it's crazy, it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and it's just insane, especially for people that are just starting. You know, that's a super, super high fundamental barrier to entry into finance that a lot of people have a tough time overcoming. It's like, dude, I can pay, you know, upwards of 30, 40, 50 bucks um, a day in, in trading fees, um, all because of these, these centralized brokers uh, charging rates that are just crazy. And that's why you'll see, you know, Fidelity ads all over TV. Like, where do you think that money comes from? Besides the fact that they have a ton, a ton, a ton of funds, uh, and those funds charge just crazy, crazy rates. Uh, and some of them are nice, you know, they have 0% funds. Uh, but for a vast majority of them, those are, you know, highly compensated funds. Um, maybe not as much. Thank you for an individual, but like if you look at um, long-term compounding effects, those fees, I mean, they stack up. Uh, anyway, that's not, that's not the point, right? The point is, um, these guys, they make a ton, a ton of money. They make you know, hundreds of millions. Uh, I um, and I would really recommend if you're interested in learning more about the broker that you're thinking about, like read their annual report and see how much money they make. It's at a very, very crucial level, except for a very, very small portion of education. And honestly, if you need education, just get 9 to noon. Like that book is literally what, like, like, like I've, I've looked at the test that it takes to become a financial advisor. Like all the FINRA regulations, SEC tests, Series 7 is a huge, huge, huge one. Um, for people that are going to work as investment advisors at registered investment advising uh, companies. And these tests are very, very, very basic. Um, like, honestly, if you read on to noon, you understand it. I mean, you could basically be a financial advisor if you just studied for like a couple of hours. Um, it's just, it's crazy. You can look at practice tests online, but the, there's, it's like, you know, these guys, they go to college um, and you don't have to go to college in financial, but they have to go to college and in, in, in under, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? You just get a degree and you can test and then you can become like a financial advisor, which is awesome because there are so, so many of these people that are doing amazing, amazing jobs in helping people create real savings and retirements that otherwise wouldn't have the financial wherewithal to actually uh, accomplish whatever they're doing. And then these people, their entire job is financial advising. So they do a tremendous, tremendous job of researching tax strategies, researching the best things for their specific clients. Maybe if those clients don't want to, you know, go out there and just learn it for themselves, which is totally cool. And that works for so many people. But like, that's like usually, you know, you got to have like a higher net worth. And it essentially, you're looking at a point where it's like, if you just invested a little bit of time, a little bit of energy, and a very condensed amount of personal development and growth in yourself, like all of a sudden, you've got the exact same knowledge, exact same power, and it just comes down to experience as a differential. And here's the thing, right? A lot of these guys, they'll be in work for 20 years, but in all reality, they've done the same thing each year for 20 years. Like they haven't grown, they haven't learned. And that's 
why trading's so, so awesome. That's why I just love it is because there's always constant, constant learning and growth and development of pattern recognition, technical analysis, fundamentals, you name it, you can continually grow and, and just get better and better at it, which is so, so, so cool. And, and, and it's not like there aren't really, really good financial advisors because there are people out there that crush it. Um, but, but usually, the people that crush it, that produce real results in the marketplace, I mean, those are the people that are, are starting their hedge fund. They're starting a hedge fund, you know? You do like a 22 split hedge fund um, where you get, you know, a ton of bank and you can get a lot of people that can invest in you and then you just produce results that are surreal as they outperform the market because you understand trading techniques, strategies, um, you know, et cetera, and you, you know how to crush it. Once you know how to crush it, you see a lot of these guys. Um, Jim Cramer, really good example. The guy ran a hedge fund for so, so, so long, you know? And because of that, that gave him the position in the marketplace to go out and do, you know, he doesn't teach which is awesome. Some of his books, really, really cool. Um, a ton of those book reviews over on YouTube, which are so, so, so fun. Um, they're just a joy. I love them. Um, and there's some good, good long-term technicals to learn. And in some of his books specifically, I check out, um, you know, you got to be like in investing, uh, but get carefully. I did a really cool review on that. I'd recommend uh, check that out if you really like long-term investing, which everybody should, because long-term investing is key, key, crucial to growing that wealth. Growing that wealth, um, it's just it's crazy. It's so 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 powerful. Paper assets are like the way to put in like a minimal amount of effort and get a complete a maximum amount of results out of it. It's so crazy. Um, you know, I, I was reading through our body, and I can't wait to do a, a review of that. It's really really cool. Uh, Tim Ferriss, and, and then he opens up a book. And he talks uh, about minimum effective dose. He talks about, and, and he's got a lot of pretty crazy stuff. Like, there's some things he does that are just so, so, so cool. Um, but it's also, you know, a little controversial, which is cool, because um, you learn about it over time. Um, but some of the things he talks about is, like, how to get the absolute maximum results with the least possible effort. And he talks about how there were these, these studies where so many people, they were working, you know, essentially uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to get results multiple multiple hours a day um just to get the same results that uh, a lot of people using some of his methods and, and some of the things he learned you know they're getting those same results in you know uh like 10 minutes of work a day two times a week and it was just crazy to learn um all these awesome awesome ways it's just really really powerful powerful stuff um changes your mindset and obviously change your body it's it's, it's awesome um i've been doing this slow carb for uh, two weeks now so where i'm seeing how that goes it's been really really cool um, just to learn about it. It's, it's really cool stuff. So, with that said, when I look at this stuff, the financial market is just being the best way to crush it. Um, it's so powerful to do uh, that, like, acting and occurring, and then ooh, using it as leverage in the marketplace uh, to create those surreal, surreal results. So, I'm going to go back to, to what we were talking about. So, with these financial advisors and these centralized firms with this tax, right? These guys, these guys are crazy, I'm telling you. So, these guys make a whole bunch of money. The point is, centralized brokers make uh, and just crap it out of your account and into the broker's account, which is stupid. I don't like that. That's dumb. Um, without really necessarily adding any value, they're just facilitating transactions as a in the financial exchange market, um, which, like, yeah, just, I don't know. I'm going to do a whole lot of work for the rest of my life, at least the next decade, minimum, uh, working to lower that fundamental barrier to entry in the finance. So that's something I'm really, really passionate about. So when, when, when they talk about adding like a wealth tax on Wall Street, right, it brings in a question, is fees that people are paying? Because at a very fundamental level, these fees, they stop a whole lot of people from doing, they stop from investing. They stop from growing. It's a serious issue. So people that just want to have access 
financial markets. Uh, but for a lot of them, it's super, super difficult because maybe they aren't educated about it, which sucks. And then they don't know about how to consistently profit um, and, and, and play, you know, like, like you're the house, right? Not the, the gambler, um, which is a very, very powerful concept in investing, right? in making the decisions that are going to win, uh, you know, like you're the house. Like you win 60% of the time or whatever the percentage is, you get it higher and higher. And you use that as, as a means to just facilitate tremendous, tremendous, tremendous growth in whatever you're doing. It's super, super, super cool. When they talk about this tax, where they were going to uh, charge people based, you know, pretty much on their their, their trading, right? You, know, you got to think about who does that going to affect, right? If you're looking to target rich, like like essentially everyone in America should own assets. Like stocks, just insane. It's so powerful. Um, right now, it's about fifty percent. I want to get to ninety percent um, because I think that's such an insanely crazy thing. You got to understand, you know, top one percent. Like, why are they in the top 1%? Well, let's look at, like, the number one reason is they own assets that grow their money because they're investors. Um, it's just so, so, so powerful. It's really, really cool. So, when I look at this tax, I'm thinking, like, this is going to hurt. Like, everybody, for what purpose, right? You're actually doing a direct wealth tax on anybody trying to accrue wealth through financial markets. And at the same time... Um, it, it, it just hurts everyone. And it, it's like, it's this market where people are already paying 20, 40% in capital gains to pay for their access to the marketplace. Like, that's insane. That's like a lot of money for a lot of people. And it depends on your income, you know, lower income, lower tax rates. Uh, sure, right? It's just, it's progressive. Okay. Um, but for so, so many people, um, you know, as I've included, like, if you pay a solid bit of taxes already um, based on the profits that you make, uh, instead of so so instead of trying to facilitate uh you know more trades and then taxing trades and putting fees on trades uh which are going to generate a minimal amount of revenue but fact if you look at you know income from capital gains once they're realized in the long term when you have people that are literally cashing out their retirement so they can go and freaking live you know these guys are creating insane insane results um, already, right? They're already crushing it, which is super, super cool. And so to think, um, you know, cause like this, this hack, right? What it would do is it would hinder people from generating wealth. It would hinder them, uh, from accumulating assets because it's a tax at the base level of their investments. And like that is seriously messed up, dude. Because you gotta think, you gotta remember, like, when you're starting, you know, the, the capital that you're working with is super, super important. And you can use that to generate just a ridiculous amount, uh, of long-term wealth through the insane magic like compounding, but also um, active management. It's just cool, 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 cool stuff. So when you look at people that are making so many trades a day because they're trying to go hard, they're going their best and crushing it. Um, those are the same people that would be seriously hit by some sort of um, because you know for a lot of people, and and, and this is something I talk about in like I think chapter twenty-five of the book. It's called active trader status. Um, it's a tax classification. You go through the courts to get it. And not a lot of people get it because in general, it's just not very. Uh, a preferable thing to do compared to starting your own uh, corporate entity because a corporate entity just has really, 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 really strong tax treatment in, in financial and just anything. Um, but, but there's this thing, and, and they'll have people, and they go to court a year in advance because they don't want people to lose a whole bunch of money, like in the 08 crash, and then sell their stuff, which is just crazy. You just don't sell at the bottom. Um, they don't want a whole bunch of people to lose a bunch of money and then go in and try to claim active trader status uh, for that time period. Uh, because, you know, essentially, when you look at it, 
you know, these, if, it, what it does is it changes the way that you can expense personal trading expenses as a, as a full-time trader, right? So, ooh, or at least, you know, like seriously significant trading. Um, and I thought about more in the book, but like the point with it is, um, hey, it changes uh, the way you expense things and it also changes the way that you, uh, you take losses. So you use what's called mark-to-market accounting and they give you a very, very powerful, powerful way uh, to sort of like a racial losses to an extent and then use that um, as a means to go out there and just create these surreal results in the marketplace. It's pretty much uh, exclusively on wiping out gains with losses. Hey, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I talk more about it in the book, but it's, it's just, it's called mark-to-market accounting. That's probably like the biggest, biggest thing with it um, is that it allows you to just have that preferential treatment uh, of losses. So you can deduct more than the typical, right? With capital gains right now, it, 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 you can deduct like three grand in losses per year. Now, the goal is not to lose money, right? Um, but sometimes people freak out and they, they panic or whatever and financial stuff goes wrong and they do lose money. And so what they'll do is, it, it, well, at least some people, it's it's very rare and it's not great for most people. It's a very, very solid niche of people that are working at home, trading every day, nine to noon, um, that they'll allow us for. They use that pretty much as a means to um, to allow you to uh, permit more gains, right? So you can have a higher, you can have pretty much unlimited losses um, and use that as fuel to just grow your portfolio, whatever speed you want. Um, so that, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to create just a, a higher level of uh, net worth effects from it based on the idea that you can adopt more losses. And, and it's just, it's, uh, I talk more about it in the book, but the point with it is to qualify for active trader status um, and, and to be classified as someone like that. You have to go through the court system for, for pretty much everyone and like justify why you are an active trader. And for most people, that means they're like, basically they're trading 9 and noon. If you're not trading 9 and noon consistently, uh, pretty much, you know, every market day, if you're very close to that, um, then you're, you're basically going to get caught up. They don't let you have active trader status. So you have these court cases where people are going and they're trying to achieve active trader status, um, especially in circumstances where um, maybe they were long-term investors. Hey, man! And it just didn't make sense for them to, to have it. And so in these court cases, they have the court defending uh, essentially what it means to trade actively using that uh, as a retroactive basis for these people's taxes, which has a direct effect on their livelihood uh, because essentially you're, you're affecting the way that so, so, so many people, you know, pay capital gains taxes. Um, and this whole argument is around the treatment of capital gains taxes because for most taxes, you're paying about 40% effective capital gains rate uh, based on short-term capital gains. Um, unless, you know, you do fancy stuff with options, especially with swing trading. Swing trading has a whole lot of possibilities for less of your taxes, um, and you can do that through, like, you know, getting rid of gains. But more importantly, it's that 60-40 tax that you get with more advanced taxes, which always, you know, they just, they just comes with time. Uh, but the point with it is that, probably, you know, basically everyone in the financial market, they're paying a boatload in taxes. Uh, as a percentage basis, people are paying their taxes. And, they, you know, the government, thank you, they have tax advantage accounts um, as a basis for masses and masses of Americans to create real savings and retirements through long-term investments in the American economy, uh, which is assets that are, are exempt from taxes um, in the beginning and then their entire life, or exempt from taxes once you retire, you pay taxes. So you don't get any gain taxes 
mountain just continues to grow over time. And you use that as, as fuel for everything you do. It's super, super powerful. It's really good stuff. Um, and that's like, I think chapter 17, 18 of the book, it's really cool. Um, and you can use that for so many people just to facilitate the growth of wealth, whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and then they go out there and crush it, which is awesome, right? It's super, super cool. It's, it's so, so, so. So what happens is you'll have the government and they'll go and they'll say, hey, look, you know, we got to have this revenue. We have to have the structure, whatever it is. And what happens is people will pay taxes and they keep paying taxes it's over and over. You know, people are paying their taxes. So when they, they say that, you know, they need, people need to pay more tax, especially on Wall Street, it's like, dude, are you serious? Because these are the same, same, same people that are out there every single day going hard, hard, hard uh, to get stuff done and to put like just this very minimal tax on so, so many people generate completely minimal revenue, but it will drastically complicate the financial accounting system and centralized asset markets and change the way that so, so, so many people look at generating their long-term wealth, um, especially based. I swear I'm not following <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, this guy has been biking with me for like five, six, 10 minutes and, um, and he probably thinks I'm following. It's, it's funny. Oh my God. Um, so I swear, when you look at um, the way these, these systems account for things, right? You, you, you pay, uh, everything goes through these centralized clearinghouses. So if you're, if you're going to implement a tax on, on, on stock trades, it's going to, it's going to hurt everyone. It's going to incentivize people to take their transactions, uh, off of, uh, not to incentivize them to take their liquidity, to take their volume away from stock markets and more into, uh, centralized asset markets, through cryptocurrencies, and then also dark pool exchanges, uh, where transactions occur in the private sector, especially in large pool, uh, factors, which is so, so crazy for so many people, because what it does is it lowers the amount of power yeah, uh, that tons of people have in financial markets, and it changes the way that a ton of people transact based on, on their size, and I don't know exactly how they want to implement it. There's so much cap around this, because it's, it's just, it's crazy, right? Uh, and, and people are thinking, you know, if they want to do it on a per share basis, per trade basis, like whatever it is, what it's you're, you're essentially doing is, you know, if I wanted to buy a stock for 10 bucks and I wanted to sell the stock, you know, three months later for 20 bucks, um, uh, like there's a very marginal percentage of that. It goes to the SEC right now, centralized markets. Um, and then if I'm trading with a broker that has commissions or, or spread options or different, uh, or payment for order flows, you might pay a little bit to them. And now what they want to do is just have an additional payment come out of those gains on the entry and the exit, uh, an additional commission. And that commission would be not for regulations, not for a better trading environment, not for anything of value to the individual investor or the individual family, whatever, the uh, you know, whoever's investing. But instead, it would just be a tax to pay the government after the fact that that $10 gain uh, probably in a three month trade, $4 of that trade is going to go to the government anyway. In most circumstances, in non tax advantaged accounts, in an individual structure, not based off of a corporate entity. Um, and even if you have a based off of a corporate entity, which, uh, you know, these hedge funds, investment funds, that's what they do, um, they, use, they still have to pay pre taxes, right? Because you think about what they're deducting, which is what tons of them, you know, you have a company, you deduct crap so that you pay, you know, less taxes, right? You, you deduct expenses for operating a business, all necessary and proper expenses, and those necessary and proper expenses, um, you know, they just come over the course of business, you know, whatever it is, 
uh, you know, if you have this massive office building, that's a pretty necessary expense if you have 100,000 people trading for you, um, which isn't the case most of the time. It, it's, 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 it's different. Corporate tax is a little different. The point with it is that these are companies that are essentially working for you, for investors in the American economy to generate wealth. And you can take advantage of that by taking using their services. And they, 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 if they're really big, then they're probably crushing it for a ton of people. And that's really, really powerful. You just got to do your research on those things. Um, it's just it's so different. And it's also a whole other level of delegation where you're essentially giving control, just like with a financial advisor, you're handing over a hedge fund. And so past performance is big without necessarily, you know, past performance isn't necessarily indicative of uh, future results. So you just have to be careful and know what the heck you're doing. Which is why for a lot of the investments, which I think is total bogus, right? But you have to be a quote accredited investor, quote, which means you have to have a whole bunch of things. Um, and it changes, you know, how much money you have to have, how much you have to be worth, or your income, one of those things depends most circumstances. So when you look at that, you look at the way that those people are separated right now from most people in centralized asset markets, right? They are you, you basically you're screwed. Right? You just can't, in most circumstances, do that. Um, and so, because of that, it creates this environment where essentially the taxes and they, they, they do huge, huge, huge order sizes, bulk, bulk transactions, um, and, and a lot of times dark pools. But it just depends on centralized liquidity and also the transparency they want for the transaction. Given these lights on, these lights are totally on. Okay, cool. Given the um, you know, size of the order and the impact that they think it would have on public perception. Since for a lot of these these huge firms, like they can't really trade nine to new just because the volume isn't there to transact hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on a stock that has a market cap of like 20 million um, and a float of, you know, 18. It just doesn't happen. Um, and so that's why as an individual investor, you're so radically empowered to create whatever, you know, outperforming results that you want because you have access to a section of the marketplace that these huge, huge firms, these big Wall Street players, most of them on a firm by firm basis don't have access to nine and noon stocks. It's just not feasible for them. And instead they look for lower percentage returns um, in in bigger, bigger names. And so because of that, they leave out these small names that are making 10 times the return uh, just because it's harder for them to have access to those markets. So as an individual, you have a tremendous, tremendous ability to just crush it uh, with nine to noon stocks. And, and it's something that's very, very unique to, um, to, to people, right? Uh, rather than these massive companies. So with that said, those percent returns are great, but you, you gotta put the work and you gotta get it done. When you get it done, you're gonna crush it, which is awesome. I mean, it's so, so much fun. It's just amazing. Um, but at the same time, right, with this wealth tax, you're essentially looking at hurting every single person that's trying to get into finance, every single person that's trying to start their own portfolio, is trying to start generating that wealth for themselves and their family and their future. I mean, you're basic, like right now, right? There is a, there's a, a thing in the tax code and it's, I talk about it in like chapter eight, I think it's called the savers tax credit. And the government will give you a tax credit. I think it's up to like 2,500 bucks to four grand right now. It depends on if you're married or if you're single. Um, check the book, check nine to noon for the, for the accurate number there. Um, but it's, it's a sizable amount. It's a couple grand, right? And, and if you invest that much money into the American economy, into your portfolio, into your future, through stocks or, or other paper assets, they'll literally give you that amount as a deductible from your tax. Like the amount of tax you owe will decrease by that much money They're at certain income levels, right? So they're incentivizing people that don't have money 
to buy assets that will make them money. I mean, guys, it's like they want you to get rich. These financial markets are created for you to get rich. It's, it's, it's so, so, so crazy. And then people are like, oh, no, but these big firms, they just want to take fees from us. Like, you can invest in your own portfolio, pay very, very, very minimal commissions. Um, and if you have the education to build that portfolio, you're paying nothing. It doesn't cost you anything. These stocks will actually pay you hard cash dividends. Cash. They'll give you cash in your pocket just for owning their stock. Um, and you guys are very, very lucky. Today, I apparently locked myself out, which means I get to go downstairs using the one and only massive stairwell. So you're going to get an extra couple of minutes of bonus content here, which is super, super, super fun. Um, so here, guess this, right? These guys, they're changing the way that people look at their investments in themselves. They're changing the way that so many people, because you got to understand, like, if you're on the street and you hear in the news that the government is taxing people that are buying stocks. The government is taxing you when you sell your stock. The government is fundamentally shifting the way that they monetize the centralized American economy financial market. Like, do you think that's going to hurt or help people to create real savings and retirements to literally the most powerful proven uh, financial marketplace in history, right? Like if you can get more people and they are showing through these incentives that they want people to become wealthy because if you make freaking a million bucks in stocks over the next couple of like decades, like... If you can make a ton of money for yourself, the government is going to get paid. They're going to get money, whether you're in a traditional investing account and you're paying as you go, or maybe you're in a deferred, a tax deferred, like an IRA, and you're going to pay when you make a whole, whole bunch of money at the end, um, or just once you reach a savings or a retirement goal, whatever it is that you want, even a mini retirement, whatever it is, like they're going to get paid minimum. It's like pretty much 20% as long as you have an income, right? And they incentivize you with lower tax rates. Um, for, for low-income people, you, for low-income uh, brackets, right? You can get down to 0%, but for most people, uh, those long-term rates, they're, they're right about 20%, a little bit less, maybe, if you have maybe a, a, just a low income. Um, but, but for most people, like, they're getting paid for a vast, vast, they're, they're making so, so much money. Hey, awesome! In, uh, in their financial markets. And, and, and they're getting money one way or another. Um, what they're looking at right now is some sort of wealth tax, some sort of stock tax. Like that would fundamentally decrease individual profits and increase that barrier to entry into finance for so, so, so many people. And I think it would have a massive negative effect. And it's not like I think like, like if you look at the news and they're saying they're taxing wealth, they're saying they're taxing stocks, they're taxing investments. Like, people are going to be drawn away from that. If you put a tax on anything, like if I tax a bar of jam, uh, a jar of jam from Britain, like, the, you know, 10%, like, they're probably going to decrease American sales one way or another. Um, it's likely going to happen. So it's the same sort of idea when you look at, you know, individuals um, taxing, taxing equities, taxing stock trades. Like, that's a fundamental way to draw people away from these amazing, amazing investments, these amazing assets um, that can change, literally, fundamentally shift. My entire life changed when I found out about the stock market. Like, this stuff is so, so powerful. And to think that to generate a couple extra dollars for government programs that don't even exist, and to sacrifice the massive, like, like you're counting your pennies. How do I unlock this door? You're counting pennies. Uh, but, but stepping over dollars, right? 
Like these, 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 uh, these new policies, they're, they're taking just a little, they're squeezing just a little bit more out of the everyday investor, but at a cost of, of pushing people away from financial markets, stopping people from creating real savings and retirements through these assets. And because of that, decreasing long-term tax benefits, uh, from, from, from assets, right? From, from taxes based on capital gains. Um, and if you look like, to think that as an individual or what time is it? Okay. Uh, any, any person, right? If you're in this financial market and, you, and you're crushing it, the government's going to get paid. People are going to get paid. It's not a question uh, of if there's enough money. There's plenty of money flowing to the government because of the stock market. Um, but, and, and it's just, you got to step back and realize that you don't really want to sacrifice long-term economic growth uh, for this very, very minimal short-term gain of, of a very small tax on individual investments in the American economy. It's just not the way to look at, at growing the U.S. Is, is the world's largest financial market. If in independent investors across the globe, you know, they're trading in, in essentially free financial markets where there isn't a tax on, on trading. You know, the, the U.S. Is, is a little different just because of the SEC. It's a very, very minimal centralized fee. And, and I think that's something that's a little bit crazy, but that's not the point, right? The point is that these guys are trying to add cash. And, and in so, so many markets, like you don't pay in Japan. There's no, there's no stock trading tax because these stock trades are the foundation of an entire economy. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So, hey, guys, please, 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 please think just a little bit. Um, just a very, very minimal amount about the crap that these guys are saying because it's just ridiculous. It's, it's so crazy. Um, and it'll benefit just a very, very, very small sector of people for a very limited amount of time and have this profound negative effect on so, so many aspects of the individual Americans investing experience in the most powerful financial market on this planet. So, hey, guys, I really hope you enjoyed this. Hope you got some tremendous value out of it. Go out there, invest, and crush it. I'll see you guys later. Thanks so much. Bye. Want more stock market secrets? If so, go get your free copy of my best-selling book, 9 to Noon. You can get your free copy plus $11,176 of unannounced bonuses. It took me years to uncover completely for free at 9toNoonSecrets.com. Inside 9 to Noon, you'll find the top 38 secrets you can use to double your portfolio every two years and make upwards of 10% per trade daily.